Oh, you get Sister Dana today? What a blessing. Eleven. We need one more to make it. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve disciples. Father, restrain me this morning. Because I got so many things on my heart. You're so real to me, Lord. It's like you're sitting in the front row, Jesus. You're so real to me this morning. Help me. Uh, Paul said, if I'm beside myself, it's for the Lord. If I'm out of my mind, it's for you. Help me to find a good balance between the two, Lord. You're so real to me, Lord, and to us. And thank you for your presence here today. We love you for who you are, Jesus. You do so much, have done so, you really honestly have done so much for us already. And we love you for who you are, Lord. You're Jesus. You're everything to us. I pray that we all this morning get a vision of who you really are so we can see who we really are. We won't know who we are unless we know who you are. When we know who you are, we'll know who we are. Lord, help us to get a vision of that. I pray, Lord, in your name. Amen. What was I talking about? Oh, so the, the word says that heaven <clears throat> belongs to the Lord, and the earth he's given to the children of men. God wants us <clears throat> to be active here and doing. God wants the church on fire because he's got stuff to do. God could, you know, right now, God, who believes that God could come in this room, knock everybody over like bowling pins, okay, zap us all and change our lives? Who believes he could do that? Well, why doesn't he? That's one thing, we don't let him. It'd probably scare us all. But, but you, know, you know, God wants to use men and women. His plan on the earth involves you. That's how he set everything up. When he created, in the beginning, he gave Adam dominion over everything. I'm going to keep saying this. I'll say it 10 times, maybe 20. Doesn't it say that? Why do you always say, doesn't it say that? Because I'm not making it up. I'm, laying, I'm not making this up. The Bible says that God gave man dominion. Yeah, Brother Brad, but man lost dominion when he sinned. Yep, Sister Susie. But Jesus got the dominion back when he died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And in him, we have authority and power. we got to be in him. You're looking at a guy that knows how dependent I am on Jesus. I know that without him, I can't do anything. I know that. He showed me over and over. You're not much without me, Brad. You have to, I, the Lord spoke to me over here this morning. He says, Brad, you're a little man. I said, thanks, Lord. Thanks for reminding me. I always wanted to date those tall girls, and I always was reminded, I, I, they're out of my range. I'm a little man, Lord. He said, you're a little man. He said, you're a small man. He goes, but I can do big things through small people. Someone say amen. amen. I can do big things. He's talking now about our heart. He was making an analogy, a metaphor. You're little I can do things out of small people, big things. Wasn't David just a little guy? They say he was like 5'6 or 5'5 five five or something. We always think of David as being some good-looking. He was good-looking. He was Rudy. He was, but David was a guy 5'5. Five five. He had no fear in him. It was a guy 9 foot tall or something, and David was not afraid of him. Do you think that was David that faced Goliath? That was God in David that faced Goliath. Someone say Amen. So when we get small in our own eyes, there's a word that says that as long as to King Saul, King Saul, he was the tall guy, and it said as long as you were little in your own eyes, I could do anything through you. 
long as you stayed small in your own eyes. I'll read the Bible, don't worry. As long as you can stay small in your own eyes, I could do anything through you. But you got big in your own eyes. You started thinking for yourself. You started thinking, I'll do it this way. I'll do it that way. Because I couldn't do anything through you. And he had to go get a little guy. That's the truth. Had a big guy. Had to change the big guy for a little guy. Because the little guy was humble. And the big guy started becoming self-dependent. And that's the truth with this church or any Christian. If we can stay humble in our own eyes. The Bible says... Be not wise in your own eyes. Doesn't it say that? In your own estimation. Bible tells us to take the lower place. Oh, I got so much. Am I going to jump into it now, Lord? The Bible says take the lower place. Go low. You want to go high? Go low. I have worked this principle in my life. I have. If there's anything I know about the word, when you work the word and you do what God says, it is impossible that God would lie. He will do exactly, I've worked that principle about going low. I told some guys this week, I said, I never asked anybody to be on staff at a church. And I've told this testimony, but some of you are new today. I never asked anybody. I was at churches where everybody wanted to be on, I went to a church of 5,000. Everybody wanted to be on staff. And I wasn't, I was making good money, minding my own business, but I was serving God. I was working outreach and I was working with kids. I was serving, and I believe in serving in the church. I believe in serving in your family. I believe in serving in the community. Serve, 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 serve. Everywhere you serve is good. But I, I just was doing what God told me to do, serving in the church, working outreach, working with kids, minding my own business. And the dude says, hey, you want to come work at the church? There were a thousand people that were probably jealous because I got that offer and they wanted it. I, all I did was I just did what God told me to do. I went to another church in Newark, same testimony. Actually, I was making really good money, and I didn't want to go work for peanuts anymore. Someone say amen. I wanted to have a little money. It was good having money. I bought a Jeep. It said five-miler on the license plate. I loved it. I used to drive around running five-milers and five-Ks, making money. It felt good to make money, Charlie. And I'm starting to, I go there, and I just start doing what God tells me to do. I start doing outreach, start doing outreaches in my neighborhood, started serving, finding out where I could help. And before I know it, the pastor says, hey, you want to come on staff? Never try. What's my point? My point is, when we stay small, when we just obey God and do what he says and stay small, God has a plan and a purpose in your life. There's not a man or a woman this side of heaven that can thwart it. God tells you something, and you mind your business, and you do what God says to do, there's not a devil in hell that can change God's plan for your life. When Jesus said he was going over to the other side of the lake, he was gone, no storm, no squall, no demon, no worry, no fear, nothing was going to stop Jesus from getting to the other side. I'm, uh, Lord, I'm trying not to be too feisty, because I feel feisty. If I see unbelief in you, I, I just want to attack it, and I'm trying to be nice. When we do, I'm going to read this. Turn over to Romans 12. I'm going to, I'm going to read it. I've got stuff I want to say. When we do what God says to do, God will do what he says to do. Oh, Lord. One of these things is staying humble. You're humble first before God, knowing that he's the source of everything. And that humility before God enables you to be humble before people. I was with one of my biggest 
Like to me, I, everybody has different people they like in the faith. I like a bunch of people. I like people all over. We talk to, I like them all over the spectrum. I love Francis Chan. I like listening to Andrew. I, I was uh, with uh, Todd White. It was so amazing. I, I'm going to tell this story. I had dinner with Todd White. Some of you, it doesn't mean anything. To me, it's like having dinner with, um, who do you, Hayden, who's cool out there? Who would you like to have dinner with? Some, give me somebody. Billy Graham, good. So you're going to have dinner with Jesus. You know, so Billy Graham, come on, kids, give me somebody. Who would you like to have dinner with? Cameron Hayes? Cameron Haynes. Okay, Cam love to have dinner. To me, it's like that. I get it. Like, I went to this conference and just, I just snuck up there for two days by myself. And, uh, and I, we had some preaching. It was good preaching. And we went out and we were sharing our faith on the streets of Brighton, Michigan, talking. And I'm telling you, this is the truth, guys. I know none of you have ever done this, but it was, it was miserable. I, just not the, it just seemed like there was no Jesus juice in me. You ever done that? Trying to share the Lord and just no Jesus juice. And I actually had a word of knowledge for this uh, uh, waitress, and it was right. It was a good word of knowledge. And I was really struggling, you know. And I, I, but I went ahead, and I, I was witnessing and sharing Christ with people on the streets of Brighton. And uh, this wonderful pastor from Canada uh, hooked up with me and his people. It was so bad, I was honestly thinking, well, maybe I missed the Lord, you know, and maybe I just need to go home, and I started missing Pam. That's the truth. I'm like a big baby, like, Pam! You know, I, I'm always safe if I'm with Pam. That's crazy, but it's true. Like, I started thinking, I need to go home and be with Pam. And so I'm there in the second session, and the preaching was great. The whole thing, Dan Moeller preached the second session. And, um, and at the end of the session, I'm just wondering, you know, and, and what's going on, and and all of a sudden, they named five names, right? They said, you know, Bill Smith and Robert Rudolph and Cindy Kane and Brad Kittle, my name, what? Come to the front. And I'm feeling like, I, really, I felt like unworthy. I wasn't feeling the Jesus juice. I'm just there kind of feeling flat. I like the, anybody know what I'm talking about? I like feeling the Jesus juice. I love it. When Jesus gets in your jersey, there's nothing better. And, uh, so I go down there, and I'm like, am I in trouble? Oh, my credit card got rejected. You know, I just bought a T-shirt. My credit card. You know how you think my credit card got rejected? And they said, hey, guys, um, Todd wants to have dinner with you guys. Like, Todd who? You know? They said, Todd White, he wants to have dinner with you guys. And they give us directions. And so I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. And we drive off, and we have dinner with Todd White. It was just, it blew my mind. If I ever felt unworthy of it, like, you know, like I, I, I wasn't Superman out there on the streets of Brighton, just the opposite. And if I ever felt unworthy of it, like, why me? Why did God just pull me out of a hat? Literally, they picked my name at random and they threw me out. So I went and had dinner and I literally talked with Todd White. And I had dinner with him. And uh, you know what? The reason I thought of him, the reason that came up <clears throat> was my number one thought about Todd. Guys, if you don't know Todd, he shares Jesus everywhere he goes. Everywhere. He did it at the restaurant, anywhere he goes. And, and, but my number one thought about him as I was talking to him is, wow, this guy's really humble. I wasn't expecting that. He's bold, right? You see him, he's bold. He preaches. He's like a tiger. And then my number one impression of him is this guy <clears throat> is truly humble, our waitress, and I, I had compassion for our waitress. She said her family used to be a Christian. 
And I, I tried to share Christ with her, and I did a little bit. Todd literally, like, got up, and it was so the Lord, he just got up, and he said, hey, can I talk to you? He goes, not here. Is there a place we can talk? I just thought that was amazing. Like, have you ever thought about doing that? Say, tell your waitress, is there a place we can go talk? It was like, it, it was so genuine and so, re he just wanted to talk. And he went back and he talked with her and prayed with her. He was very engaging with us. He wasn't distracted. He came back and sat down and was crying. Had tears in his eyes. And um, humble. All I can tell you. I know people say things about him on YouTube. I wouldn't. I was so impressed with that. And, and I really believe he has a revelation of being small in his own eyes. And when I left, for me, it wasn't even what I saw in this man. I realized, like, as a person, him and I may not even be friends. He's different. Than, we talked about different things. We had conversations, talked about lifting weights and running. And, and um, maybe him and I would never be friends. And, but what I really saw in him was Jesus. That's what I was attracted to. That's what people are attracted to. I really saw Jesus in him, not just on the pulpit, sitting down talking, talking about his life. He told me some stuff going on and um, going back and talking to this woman. And I was so honored in grace, Jeff. It's like it felt so much grace. And that's why I got to talk a little bit about when I'm reading this. I'm going to read, um, read Romans 12. I'm going to get back there. But I, I, when I left, the Lord is the Lord always teaching you guys is the Lord teaching you in your life? He really is. You just don't know he's teaching you. He's teaching you all the time. You just don't know it. And he started talking to me about grace. And it reminded me of a scripture about Mephibosheth. You guys ever hear of Mephibosheth? And one more time, the Lord was reminding me, Brad, you don't deserve my blessings. You don't deserve my grace. You didn't earn this thing. You didn't, I don't know how my name got picked out of that. You didn't earn, you didn't deserve it. You didn't do good today. You didn't feel good about it. But I love you. I'm just throwing grace on you. And it reminded me, David and Jonathan were best friends. And Jonathan was killed. And Jonathan had a son. And his son was named Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, when uh, Saul and Jonathan were killed, was rushing from the palace with his nurse. And he fell and broke his legs and he was crippled his whole life so Mephibosheth has several strikes against him doesn't have a dad his dad died no dad he's crippled he's obviously not on the football team you get the feeling that he was very weak kid he did not have much going for him he was small he was little like brother Brad just a small guy and David and David represents Jesus you know that right King David He's a, he's a, uh, Jesus came through his lineage. He's a king. Jesus is a king on the throne of David. Came after David. David says, is there, him and Jonathan were such good friends. He says, is there anybody in Jonathan's family that I can show God's kindness to? Hear that. Jonathan had a son that was crippled. He lost all his land. He was poor, lost his dad, probably insecure, running for his life. In other words, he was unworthy. This is out of 2 Samuel chapter 9. He was unworthy, and yet the king said, is there anybody in Jonathan's family 
that I can be kind to, show God's kindness to. And David just plucked him up, unworthy, and said, I am giving you back all of your land. I'm giving you back everything that you lost. That's called restoration. God, he said, I want to show you God's kindness. God's a restorer. Don't anybody tell you different. God's a restorer. You get something broken, I don't know how he'll restore it. He said he'll restore what the palmer worm's eaten. He'll restore what the canker worm's taken. God is in the restoring business. He'll take your mourning and he'll give you joy. He will. If you don't give up on God, don't ever give up on God. And not only did he restore everything to him, he said, you are going to eat at my table forever. As long as you're alive, you're going to have a seat at my table. Totally unworthy. Nothing about him was deserving. Just because of the king's kindness, he set him at the table. And folks, I've got news for you today. You and I are just like Mephibosheth. It's not, Linda, you're good looking. It's not because you're so good looking that God puts you at his table. It's not because you're so powerful and you're so smart in your intelligence. God's intelligence is so much wiser than yours. He says, your intelligence to God is foolishness. He can be stupid and outwit your wisest person. But God has invited you by his pure grace to sit at his table. He wants you to come sit at his table. And this is why, and he calls it a feast. This is why, you know, I don't understand when God's invited us to sit at his table, why don't we sit at his table? It's unbelief or lack of desire. Every day, God wants you coming to his table. He wants you to talk with him. He wants you to feast at his table. And now I'm going with an analogy, a metaphor. He wants you to feast on his word because he's got stuff to tell you. He wants, I'm telling you, God talks to me. Don't send the paddy wagon after me. He talks to me all the time. I'm at a restaurant. He'll say, that woman is a school. She works at a school. He, he talks to me all the time. Tells me things about this and that. It is the priority of my existence to learn to hear the Lord's voice. I, am, I want, God has prepared me a feast. I don't deserve it. I'm small. I'm a little guy. I don't deserve it. But if God, the king of the universe, is telling me he wants me to sit at his table, who am I to say no? Oh, Todd White wants me to come to dinner. No, I don't think so. No, I'm going. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to put it on Facebook. We have someone far greater than, what was your guy, Cameron... Hang, someone far greater than Cameron Hangs, probably a great guy. Someone far greater than him wants to sit down. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man, any woman opens up, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. I'll sit down at the table and we'll eat together. I'll tell you how to live. I'll tell you how to be. I'll tell you how to exist. If you will honor me, come sit down at my table, even though you're crippled, even though you've got sin, even though you've got distraction, even though you've got things in your life. I love you anyway. Come sit at my table. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I don't care about your self-esteem. I don't care if you're famous. I don't care if you're crippled. I don't care if you're the biggest sinner in town. If you will come sit at my table, I'll pour out on you. I got tons of good stuff for you. Would you come sit at my table? He said, my house is empty. Would you invite the people? Okay, the rich and good-looking people didn't want to come. Okay, so go get the cripples. 
Go get the Mephibosheths. Go get the alcoholics. Go get the prostitutes. Go get the drunkards. Go wheel them in on wheelchairs. I want my house to be full. And if you don't want to be there, I'll go get somebody else. Say amen. If you believe in the word of God and you believe in Jesus, then this is true. The Lord is my and I shall not. The abundant life and this prosperity teaching, I'm not coming against for or against it because God does want to bless you. But the abundant life is life in Jesus. You could be without a penny and be so full, and you could have so much money and be so empty. Brad, is that just your opinion? No, Jesus said it. He says, you're rich, but you're poor. You're wretched. You're you think you have so much, and you don't have anything. I am counseling you to buy from me gold tested in the fire. Amen? Am I, am I too passionate? I feel like I have my Wheaties, and you guys are all eating. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Life is so short. Kids, especially you. I was at the homecoming this week, and we're passing out the flyers. And thank you, everybody that did that. You guys are awesome. We had a lot of volunteers. It blesses my heart. I'm passing out flyers. I'm seeing kids over in the way wanting to start fights. They're ganging up, and they're fighting, and they tried to pull no into a fight, and they're fighting. I'm seeing kids that are just like talk I'm, I'm engaging because uh, i love them i'm talking to them so lost and i went home and my heart's just breaking we got to have a revival for kids in our community they don't know the lord if they don't get to know the lord they're going to waste they're going to waste and destroy their lives they're going to make the same mistakes you made but worse they're being lied to in culture they're being lied to on social media they're being lied to about what's important they're being lied to in schools. Utica's a good school. Probably, for the most part, they're probably not being lied to. But they're being lied to in every area of their life. They don't have Jesus. They don't know God. They're lost. They've they got sin in their They're just confused. Not, not all of them, but many. They're just lost. And I care about it. Because I messed up my life. I don't want to see them do that. And besides that, God put it in my heart to care. You're a teacher. Get you know. Went home praying for them. Got to find a way to reach them. Got to find a way to get, get these kids to know that Jesus is real. Someone say amen. amen. That they're invited at the table. Your sin will never disqualify you from sitting at the table. There's the blood of Jesus. There's grace. There's, it, was Jonathan, it was David's love for Jonathan that gave Mephibosheth a seat at that table. It wasn't because Mephibosheth was good. He was there by grace and grace alone. Amen. I'll tell you another story. This is out of Luke 14. God is always teaching. He's always teaching if we're listening to what he's trying to say to us. So uh, I persevered and I wound up uh, coming back the next day. And I was thanking God and got up in the morning and I just, the, the sun was shining. I went out for a run and I just felt good. I went out for a jog and felt good. I got to share the Lord with a couple people and the ball was rolling. It was going to be a good day. Sun was shining and things were good and and I'm in a hurry because now I cut because I chose to go running and I'm going slow I'm late for the next meeting and while I'm getting while I'm late the Holy Spirit kept telling me just slow down Brad it's going to be okay but Lord I'm going to be late and the Lord's just relax Brad has anybody ever said to you just relax can you imagine the Lord says that to me a lot just relax Brad everything's going to be okay but Lord but Lord but Lord just relax, Brad. So finally, I just took a deep breath. Okay, I'm going to relax. Everything's fine. 
You know, people tell you, don't be late. And I believe, don't be late. So I took my time, and the meeting started at 9. I rolled in there about 2 till 9, just got right in there. I walked in, nice and relaxed, and they said, oh, the meeting's been delayed for a half hour. I went, oh, you know, well, there you go. I guess I had every reason to relax. So I go to find my seat with the Canadians. They're not there. The seats are all taken, so I'm going to have to sit in the back. No problem. I, I, I love it. I went back, actually talked to this young Bible college student. Him and I had great fellowship. Had a, his name's Luther. Great fellowship. We had a great time talking. And I'm standing there. This is the double message. God always, he comes, comes in twos and threes. The double message. I'm standing there, and this guy walks up to me and says, uh, talks to me, named Brian, and talks to me. And he says, uh, he's going up front to set. Where are you setting? I go, well, I'm setting back in the back. There's no seats in the front. And he says, aren't you a pastor? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, come with me. I walk with him, go to the desk. They put a badge on me that says pastor. I'm in the back row, minding my own business. They march me right down to the front. I sit down right in the third row, and literally Dan and Todd are just sitting right in front of me. I'm in the third row. And the Lord reminded me of the, he's always teaching me, of the parable. Number one, don't worry. The parable, when you go somewhere, take the back seat. Don't go to the front. Go to the back. Because if someone more important than you comes, they're going to boot you out of your seat, Jeff, and they're going to say, let Ken sit there, right? Amen. So, uh, <laughs> amen. I got one amen. Amen. I got one grunt and one amen. They marched me up there. It was too much for my little heart to bear. I thought of that parable. I was worried, wasn't going to get a seat. I was anxious. The Lord's telling me to chill. He's telling me, Brad, I got it. Did he have it? He had it. Now, I know my rights and privileges. I felt like a son. I was a, and I went up there and sat down. We had the most dynamic worship, worshiping God. Literally, the Spirit of God fell all over me. It was powerful. You know, I just literally collapsed. Just God was down there. We had a, just felt God just washed me out. He told me that, go to the back, be small, take the lower room, humble yourself, I'll exalt you. If you are crazy hungry for the glory of God, God will make sure you're taken care of. If you're more concerned about your neighbor, God will make sure that your needs are taken care of. That is the whole teaching of the word of God. Quit thinking about yourself only. I'm not looking at you. I'm just, praise Gideon. Quit thinking about yourself only. Look out beyond your own walls. If you seek first my kingdom, everything you need will be added to you. If you don't need it, you don't need it. But if you need it, seek my kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Not only that, if you seek the kingdom, you're going to get the king. And in him is all the fullness of the Godhead in the body. Anywhere you go with Jesus, you're going to be a happy camper. I know. I know because when I exchange my unbelief for his faith, when I ex exchange my depression for his joy, when I make my sin for his, when I make that exchange, I know exactly how it works. God wants to bring you up from the back and have you sit in the front. Some of you like the back. I like the front. I don't like being just nothing. No, no condemnation, back rollers. You're fine. 
I, there's too many distractions in the back. I like to get right up front. I don't see anybody's bald head in front of me. Don't see people talking and shifting. I like going right to the front, not because I want to be in the front, but because I want to worship God. Amen? This is the stuff I've been preaching, guys. The plans that God has for you are too big for you to accomplish on your own anyway. Okay, let's read. What time is it? If it gets to be like 15 after, just start walking out. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you go, just please. Amen, see you, Jackie. And by the way, thank you for all your work. Thank you for all your ministry. I'm actually going to go up in chapter 11 because that song we sang this morning, it also emphasizes my point. How many of you here have faith in God? How many of you really believe in God? That means you believe his word. You believe his word because you believe in God, right? You believe in Jesus, right? Okay, good. Okay. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Thank you, God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has first given to him that it should be repaid? Nobody. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to him be the glory. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. See that? There's no chapters in the, there's no chapter separations in this letter. Of him, through him. And to him be all the glory. I beseech you, therefore, kids, teenagers, I'm urging you. Because of him is your future, to him is your future, and from him is your future. So I'm urging you, I love you, I'm beseeching you, kids, I love you. I'm just trying to pass on to this to you. Because of him, through him, and to him are all things. I'm beseeching you, in view of God's mercy, present your body as a living sacrifice. Your spirit already belongs to him when you're born again. If you're not born again, you don't belong to him. You better give him your life today. You better get born again. You better repent today. Turn to Christ and get saved because you have no assurance that you'll be with God in heaven forever. In fact, the Bible says quite the contrary. It's true. Your spirit is bought. The Bible says you are bought and paid for, but you belong to him. But your body is something that you have to present to him. Well, the reason we live holy, we're presenting ourselves to the Lord. I expect the world to sin and carry on. I'm going to love them anyway. I expect the world to live in sin. But if you really know God, I am urging you, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him. That's just your reasonable service. That's just what you should do. That's just your spiritual act of worship. Your body belongs to the Lord. Your mouth belongs to the Lord. You may not know it, but when the Lord tells you to speak, your mouth belongs to him. Your money belongs to him. I don't like talking about money. Your money belongs to him because your life belongs to him. Money is value of your life. You go work eight hours, they value you at 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 50 bucks. This is what you're worth. 
You're worth, not you, this is what you're, you're worth 50 bucks an hour. This is the value I put on your time. When you give back to God, you're saying, I'm taking what you gave me, the value that's on me. This is value. This is how I am valued. I'm giving it back to you as worship. I'm giving you back my time. Someone say amen. amen. Giving is giving back God your time. When you help the poor, you're putting value on the poor. It took me, you know, 20 hours to earn this, and I have God's kindness in me. I want to share it with you. I'm valuing you at this meal. Money is value. Money's time or investment. I don't have time to go into that. So I urge you in light of present your body. David was a worshiper. I, I'm going to get past these first few verses one day. The Mind of Christ, part 20. <laughs> David was a worshiper. Folks, it's okay. We're spiritual beings. We worship quiet. I honestly, truthfully, I want to be gentle. I have no problem with that. Worship quiet. It's okay. Just don't judge me if I jump around and skip and throw my hands up. A lady came forward and fell on her face. Some of you might think that's weird. I think it's weird that you don't do it. Who are you worshiping? Honestly, who are you worshiping? Well, it's weird that you don't do it, to be honest, but you don't have to. I'm not, there's no condemnation in Christ. Present your body. Your body is something you have to give to the Lord. He's got your spirit. You've got to present your body. Lord, my body belongs to you. My mouth belongs to you. Everything I do belongs to you. I'm going to fall on my knees. I'm going to dance. I'm going to throw my hands up with my body. Someone say amen. The Bible even talks about shouting. It's your body. Spirit belongs to God. It's been bought. Your body is presented. And then your mind needs to be renewed, changed by the word of God. But folks, it's not just hearing the word of God. It's hearing it, believing it, and putting it into action. What makes one man different in God is not God's love for you. Mephibosheth had a seat at the table. Nobody was going to take that from Mephibosheth. He's in heaven right now with Jesus. He had that seat forever. He actually, they, they say he turned on David later. Did you know that? Read a few chapters later. They, they said he turned on. You know what? He had a seat at that table, but what he gave back to God was his spiritual act of worship. Renewing our minds. When we first come to God, God is, we don't even understand the first thing about the kingdom. We don't understand the first thing. When the Bible says you're born again, the language in the Bible is you're a baby. When you first get born again, you're a baby. Because your whole life, you walk this way. And basically in selfishness. Selfish, 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 selfish. Didn't care about anybody else. My foreign no more. Selfish, selfish. You get born again... Jesus comes to live inside of you, and he is the opposite of Adam. He is the opposite of selfish. And so for the rest of your life, and I've preached on this before, God's going to be chiseling away at you to change you, to make you look like Jesus, the giver, Jesus, the lover, Jesus, the helper, Jesus, the best friend, Jesus, the supporter. Someone say amen. So we have to renew our mind. And then he tells you, by the grace that was given to him, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but be sober because this faith you have, even the faith you have, is a gift from God. You guys with me still? I'm closing. There's hope. There's hope. 
how you know God's real? How you know, kids, that God's real? He gave you a conscience. When you violate it, you know you're more than an ape. When you do something wrong, treat somebody bad, you feel guilty for it, it's your conscience. God gave it to you. If you're just an ape, you wouldn't care. If you're just a monkey, you wouldn't care. You care because God gave you a conscience. You're made in his image. You weren't made for sin. You were made for God. Your sin's going to make you miserable. It's going to find you out, and you'll see. Jesus is going to bring you joy. When by the grace of God, we don't think more highly of ourselves, and this is where I got up to the introduction, introduction to my message now. But I got to close. I'm closing at my introduction. <laughs> then we begin to look out and see people different. You look out and see the world different. I got my good friend of mine sends me 10 political things every day. I, I, I just can't. I just can't watch him anymore. I don't want my view of people corrupted. I want to go out in the world loving and caring about people like Jesus does. I want to read the Bible. And Scott, I'm like you. I'm, I'm growing in this thing. I haven't arrived. I know that. I, you know, you're big, big pastor. I've been in the Word for Evelyn for a long time. I know the Bible. I just do. And I don't just mean know it. I get revelation from it. I study it, and I pour into it, and I pray over it. I know the Bible. And my big prayer, when the Lord fell on me, and His Spirit was all over me, and I'm crying, I said, Lord, teach me how to live. I'm 63 years old. I said, Lord, teach me how to be in this world. Teach me how to be. Teach me. Isn't that just so basic? Lord, teach me how to be. Teach me how to live in this world. That's all I need is you. I'm totally convinced. All I need is you. Teach me how to live in this world. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody like 70, you still feel that way? Larry, you do? Lois? Yeah, amen. We're just honestly, in light of eternity, Lois, we're just kids. People don't think we are because we look the way we do. At least I look the way I do. You're doing pretty good. I look the way I do. I'm like, Lord, teach me how to live. Everything in the kingdom of God is upside down from what you're taught from the time you're a little kid. You are thrown into this world of selfishness. You are thrown into this world of clutching and pulling and grabbing and, you know, can't believe you did that to me. I'm going to get back. And there's a boy at the carnival. He was so angry at the festival, whatever it was. He was so angry. I, kept, I said, brother, you got to let go of that. He wanted to beat somebody up. So that anger is going to destroy you. You're going to be in jail. You are going to destroy your life. You've got to let go of that anger. You've got to let go of that anger. Some of you here are angry. It's destroying your life from the inside out. Some of you are jealous. You've got to let go of it. It's destroying you. Some of you are doing things you shouldn't be doing. You've got to let that stuff go. It's destroying you. Everything in the kingdom's opposite. Here's the deal. Not just when you say a prayer, but when you make Jesus Lord... And you really, not perfect. I'm not talking about being perfect. And if I, I'm trying to convince you I'm not perfect. I'm so far from it. You know that. But neither are you. It's not being perfect. It's just saying, Lord, here I am. I'm Mephibosheth. I'm, I want to eat at your table. Do something with me. And he will. 
I've been witnessing for years here in Christ. I felt like a complete amateur on Friday, like I never did it in my life. I felt like I'd never done it once, Charlie. Coming in there, my head down and everything, and boom, God just throws me a seat at the table. Someone say amen. I took too long preaching. If you want to surrender to the Lord today, turn these things over. Maybe you've never done it, but you want to surrender to the Lord today. Give him your life. Would you raise your hand? Do it. You want to surrender everything over to the Lord? Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Okay. I do. And I think you're weird. I do. I do. Because I know you're not all surrendered. Some of you don't even know the Lord. I love you so much. Father, I pray for all of us, Lord, today. That by the grace of God, Lord, Lord, just all come to know you, Lord, that you pour out your grace on all of us. I pray for the renewing of our minds, Lord. I pray for a full surrender of our bodies to you, Lord. You have our spirit, Lord. If those that don't know you, that are separated from you, Lord, I pray that you'll convict them. They'll wake up at night knowing that they need you, that you'll remind them how much they need you, Lord. You're so good, Lord. I pray, Lord, that the truth of who Jesus is permeates each of us, Lord. I bless this group of people today, Lord. Teach us how to surrender, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What time is it?